You're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. You talking to me? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. All right, welcome in to Inglorious Podcasters, episode eight. Episode eight, Sam. Shut up, Gene. <laughs> I'm podcasting. <laughs> God damn it, Jaden. This dude, Jaden, always getting in the way of our podcast. <laughs> All right, we are we are back with another episode. We've been gone for a little while, uh, but we're back with two great, one great or one a good, and then one not so great movie to review today. And we got some movie news as well coming at you. Uh, but Sam, I'm gonna. I'm going to check in with you. You've been watching anything lately? Anything good? Any good movies? Yeah, so uh watched a few movies past week, week and a half. Um, obviously watched Anola Holmes and Hubie Halloween. Uh, oh, yeah. I also watched uh, The Nice Guys um, Saturday night, which that's always a... Uh, a fun watch. That's one of my favorite comedies in recent years. And I'm trying to think if I watched anything else. No, I don't think I have. I've I've been pretty busy with with homework and writing papers and whatnot. So yeah, those are really the only things that I've I've watched. It's been a bit busy past couple uh, days for us. That's why we haven't returned with a new pod, but. We're back. Um, in that time, though, I've been trying to watch some some horror films, and I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was the one from the seventies, which was really good. Really mm-hmm. liked it. It's on Criterion, so you should check it out. It's definitely just it's super brutal. Um, and then I watched the Blair Witch Project, which was just okay. I was mm-hmm. expecting it to be a lot scarier than it than it was. It was just okay but i'm trying to watch as many horror films and like fall movies as i can to get me in the october mood have you watched the have you watched or have you seen the new netflix doc documentary about it was like it's called i think american murder (laughs) it's like a hour hour and a half long and uh, it's like body cam footage and whatnot. And I don't know, it just looks really interesting. Hmm. Well, I started a, I started a new show, the um, D- uh, David Lynch show, Twin Peaks from the 1990s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody raves about that show. So I finally started it and it was pretty good. I was planning on watching it before I go to bed, but I got to get up and mow tomorrow morning. So I'll probably just probably watch it after i mow tomorrow but i started that and it's it's pretty good it's on netflix it's it's only like two or three seasons you know what you could be watching instead is peaky blinders yeah that's that's mm, that's probably what i should it's it's either that or 
the Sopranos is what I should start after. I, I will say one thing about Peaky Blinders, though, is it is sometimes hard to understand them with their... They have very, very strong British accents. You know, um, Hitler's supposed to be the next season? Yeah, yeah. Played by Rowan Atkinson, I think. Yeah, I was think so. Mr. Bean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be yeah. that's gonna be playing Hitler. That's gonna be kind of kind of weird. I I don't know. There I, are some fantastic that, actors in that show. Well, yeah, that's having Hitler in it. I don't know. It makes it more makes it interesting. Makes me want to start the show. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted to start it for a long time, but just like I don't know, adding that aspect into it really makes me want to watch it. Yeah, Killian Murphy's amazing in the in in the show. Um, He's so underrated, dude. Yeah, Adrian Brody's in in, in a season. Um, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones is in a season. Oh wow! Um, uh, my boy Tom Hardy plays like a legitimate maniac <laughs> in the show. He's awesome in uh, Peaky Blinders. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'm excited. Oh, and Sam Neill is. He's in the first season, and he's really good. He has a really cool, I think it's Irish accent. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. Then, I, it, then I'll, I'll it, probably start it, honestly, after Twin Peaks. Yeah, it, it, took, it took me some time to get into the show, but it, it, it gets really good. Okay. All right, well, that's what we're watching right now. And then, well, I think what else I – Another thing that I was going to plan on watching is uh, I was going to plan on watching the Evil Dead films. Have you seen those, Sam? The ones mm-hmm. from like they're like from the eighties. You haven't seen them? No. They're on Netflix, and I really want to get them watched. So that's probably what I'll watch here soon. But anyways, that's that's what we're watching, and uh, we should get into movie movie news. You want to get into some movie news, Sam? Yes, sir. All right. So first of all, Dune, they blue balled us, man. They gave us a great trailer and then they moved it back pretty much a full year. Moved it back a full year. So we will not get to see Dune in 2020. Oh, is it really falling on your birthday? What is it, October 7th? Oh, I was way off there. All right, October 1st, 2021, wow. we will get Terrible to see friend. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the, uh, yeah that, that really sucks because I, I think a lot of movie theaters are relying on that. And now it looks like they're probably not going to get it. Yeah. The, the interesting thing, too, also, I don't know if they've announced it yet, but the Batman had already been delayed to that date as well. And since both are Warner Brothers like properties, that definitely means that we're gonna have the Batman delayed even longer. Which that might make the Batman like that teaser trailer like the longest like time period from the teaser trailer to like when it actually came out. Like Yeah, probably. Because and by the way, I don't know if you saw they just uh, resumed filming for the Batman. I did um, see that. They did, was it today they resumed filming? Yeah, at least like those pictures resurfaced. I don't know if uh, if they started like last week or something. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it sucks about about Dune because the, the thing is, is that you know, Tenant coming out when it did, it it did really well overseas because most of coronavirus has been handled pretty well um, overseas and um, over there. So naturally they had um, much better numbers in terms of like attendance in movie theaters and whatnot, but Tenet did not do that well um, in America. It It may break even. I don't think. I don't think it's there yet. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, and now you're starting to see some movie theaters close because they had to open up. So you do have to think like in the long run, did tenant help movie theaters or did it hurt? Because, you know, once you open it up, you, you have to bring in a certain amount of money. Um, otherwise you're, you're going to have to close, close down shop, but you know, yeah, that that is a great point. Yeah. I think it was kind of inevitable, um, at least with with uh, Dune, to to be delayed at least a little bit. I am surprised that that's so far back, but the the fact that it is pushed back that far tells them that they don't want this to be a summer blockbuster. They think that this is going to be a film that will be nominated because it's it's pushed uh, back into Oscar season once again next Oscar season. So they obviously think very highly of the movie. Um, But I agree with you as well. Like they released a a trailer and then, you know, two weeks later they um, reschedule it. And they kind of did the same thing with the, uh, with the new James Bond movie as well. Um, Right. I was, I was really surprised about that one. Yeah. Yeah, that that was pretty wild. I remember J- the the James Bond movie was the first one to get the first big one to get delayed when coronavirus yeah. was just starting out, and they they've kind of been ahead of the curve with uh, canceling or moving their 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 film back. Um, but the biggest news that I think that was pretty wild was Regal Cinema closing completely. Yeah, um, they're, like they're completely closed down. So I thought that was pretty wild, but. I, I do like how you bring up that point of was Tenet, you know, for the best. Cause I mean, I mean, theaters probably didn't bring in a lot of, of people because they were afraid of getting coronavirus. However, you know, getting all those employees to come in and work and, you know, paying them, keeping the, keeping them paid as well as, you know, paying electric, electrical bills and rent and all all that stuff i mean i'm sure that's gonna add up as well so i i I just don't know if that really was good for the theaters so it's it it sucks to see that i i definitely would like amc to stick around marcus theaters i'd like to stick around as well because those are the only two the two big ones that we have in omaha alamo draft house i feel will stick around they they have a pretty good business model set up to where it's not just about movies. It's also about, they have a restaurant there as well. So I feel like they're pretty, pretty good for right now. They've, they've kind of set themselves apart from the competition, but yeah, I don't know. It just, it really sucks to, to see uh, movie theaters who are just trying to improve the experience 
mm-hmm. closed down like this and it, it just really sucks because I feel seeing a movie theater on the or a movie on the big screen is is the best way to do it. And I yeah each each Halloween try and look see uh the shining playing and haven't seen it yet, but I eventually will because I want yeah. to see it on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think and you know, I kinda had a feeling that this might happen because both times when I saw Tenet in the theater um, I think there was a max of like five to six people in the theater. Like it was not packed. Yeah. Now, Grant, I'm, you know, I'm on or I'm slightly off campus, but I'm in downtown, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska. So that theater is not going to be booming as much as like, say, like the Marcus Theater is, you know, in, in Omaha or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's also interesting too because like there's such a shortage in like new movies coming out this year basically it's going to be a bunch of streaming movies and then the crappy february movies um and 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 then tenant so (laughs) honestly uh christopher nolan might get his first oscar this year which would be pretty awesome he he could. Um, there there are still um, films. To There's come still a lot of options, though. Yeah, and I mean, The Five Bloods. It, although we didn't really love that movie, I know I could very, see that doing really well. At yeah, the, at the Oscars. That was heavily, heavily. That was loved by a lot of people. But I mean, there 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 is still a lot to come. Um, mm-hmm. w- later on on the on the news rundown, we have. We we talk about David Fincher's new film that's going to come out on Netflix, but I mean there there were there has still been some good ones. Um, but what, do you have any like so far this this year? Do you have maybe like five best picture films that you would maybe put up there? I mean, I have a couple, but I just doubt I mean, the Academy would nominate them. I mean, honestly, the only movies I could see not them nominating is the five bloods and then tenant that's those are really the only two movies like yeah i mean i would maybe devil all the time maybe that would be i would be very surprised but that that it kind of depends because that movie was really divisive uh for audience members as well as well as people who uh, reviewed the movie well Um, and and uh soul the new Pixar film Soul is oh, coming yeah, to Disney Plus. Right. I saw so, that. I mean, that could that could also be a, a bit. I think that's like their big film that they're releasing this year. So I, I think swear. That's, I swear, if Birds of Prey gets a nomination, I'm going to flip <laughs> out. What well, was it that bad? I don't think it was bad, but it was like the most average movie I've ever seen with a interesting lead, but like nothing else was interesting to me to that. Yeah, Margo's a great actress, but I, I, it's Harley Quinn's a good character. Harley Quinn's a really good character, but it's it's, other characters. I gotta watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the worst movie. It's certainly better than the mess that was suicide squad. That's for sure. Still never saw it. Still never saw it. I got to give that a watch. Well, we some sort of suicide squad. <laughs> all right. So, Tenet, moving back a full year. Um, all right. No, Dune. On. Dune. 
or sorry, not Tenet, Dune moving back a full year. All right. Uh, so now we have uh, our announcement. Uh, the Mandalorian is coming October 30th to Disney Plus, And that's going to be pretty big. So we are going to review each Star Wars trilogy in the coming pods. So in the next pod, we will have the prequel trilogy. The pod after that, we will have the sequel or the original trilogy. In the pod after that, we will have the sequel trilogy. So that'll get us uh, a little pumped for The Mandalorian. Um, I cannot wait for this. It's going to be so great. I love I love waking up on Friday morning, knowing that there's going to be a new episode of The Mandalorian. It's it's so great. So I'm pretty excited uh, for that, and I'm excited to rewatch the Star Wars films. And I think the prequel films will make for great discussion. Yeah, I have. I mean, I I can already think of some things that I I want to say about those those movies. Because yeah. unlike unlike you, I know. Well, I, I'll save it. I'll sa- I'll save the comments for, for later. But uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about Star Wars all day. It, it's a very easy like topic to talk about. It's a lot like Marvel, but way better. Well, not the not the last trilogy. They yeah, the, the to- last few have been have been a little fishy. They wanted to be Actually, Marvel so really, bad. You could really argue that the last, like, the last forty years have been fishy for Star Wars ever since Empire come came out. Well, the um, at least Return of the Jedi. It's it's not bad, but it's well, it's it's way better than probably anything that has been released since. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's. That, I think it's the to top be- three. That used to be my favorite one, actually. Oh, really? I, when I, I was younger, when I was younger. At, as I was a kid, I, I loved the, the prequels because I just thought, it, I don't know, maybe because of the Lego Star Wars game, but I always loved episode five ever since I was a kid because I thought the Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader fight scene was just so badass. It was so mm-hmm. awesome. But yeah, so we will review episodes one, two, and three next week, um, or next time on the pod, and then after that, we'll just keep going with trilogies, and then we will we will um, mention the <clears throat> the episode or uh, the standalone movies like uh, Solo and Rogue One, and um, but yeah, we are we're very excited. I want to. Um, also get into the Clone Wars because I know that's a very big part of the Mandalorian. It's just that first mm-hmm. season. It's very hard for me to get into that because they didn't know what they were doing yet. Yeah, the first first season, I would argue, even like the second season, it, it gets a little, it's a little too kid show-y. But man, that that last season was, it's probably the best content that Star Wars has or that Disney has produced for Star Wars, even really, I would say so. Yeah, the the last like story arc in the Clone Wars, that that is what Star Wars is, in my opinion. Damn. Okay. Well, now I need to really get started on this. Okay, so that is our big announcement for the coming weeks. 
Um, anyways, the next David Fincher film we had just mentioned this recently um, is coming to Netflix. And I got to say, I'm pretty excited about this. It's about the, it's about like the legal battle for the, for the film uh, Citizen Kane. And we've said this, we've both said this before. We're not the uh, biggest Citizen Kane fans, but, but I'm very excited about this because I do like films about filmmaking. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a prime example. And I have come around on Hail Caesar from the Coen brothers. I really like that movie. But, What's that uh, one about? Uh, it's, <clears throat> it's got Josh Brolin in it. No, uh, no, no. I, I know, but like, what is, what is it like? Is it like about like making a certain movie or is it just like a... Yes. Yeah. Hail Caesar just, was a movie? Oh, no, no, no. It's the, it's the name of the fictional, fictional movie within oh. the movie. Oh, okay. Okay. I got yeah. It. That they're trying to produce. So okay. this, the, the David Fincher film uh, that we're talking about is Mank. This will release on Netflix on December 4th. And the synopsis is this follows screenwriter Herman J. I don't know how to pronounce that. Mankowitz. Mankowitz. I think that's what uh, they said in the trailer. Tumultuous development of Orson Welles' iconic masterpiece, Citizen Kane. Yes, we have said that we are not the biggest Citizen Kane fans. However, I feel we will most likely like this one. Uh, This film stars Lily Collins, Amanda Seyfried, uh, and Gary Oldman. Whoa, 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 whoa. Gary Oldman is number one. He's the the lead. Gary Oldman. Oscar number two. Show um, some I, damn respect. Uh, so this is this is um, David Fincher's first film since Gone Girl in 2014, six years ago. That's, that's crazy. That's, that is pretty crazy. He had been working on Man or Mind Hunter uh, for a little while, which is another show that I need to start. Me and Sam were talking pre-pod, or no, shoot, we were talking about this during the pod. Jeez, it's been a long day about shows to stream. So that might be um, another show that I want to look forward to watch. But yeah, David Fincher, this is his first feature-length film since Gone Girl. Gone Girl, now, I don't love, but I respect the hell out of it for what it does because it, it is a great creepy. film. Yeah, it's extremely creepy and just super gory. Um, but this film I'm very, very, very excited about. Now, this is another film that I feel could be up for many Oscars because yes. the Academy loves to nominate films about filmmaking and old Hollywood. So that, And it's in black and white. So that's another big, big thing for, for the Academy. Well, but yeah, I, I don't know what, what your thoughts are on it, Sam. Yeah, I mean, it's a David Fincher film, so at least, you know, you have an idea of what you're getting. You you know, you know that the director behind the camera knows what he's doing. And, yeah, it's always fascinating to see, like, old Hollywood. I don't know if you know this, but that's that's, uh, Damien Chazelle's next project is, like, the 1920s Hollywood. Oh, hell yeah. 1930s with Brad Pitt and Emma Stone. He killed so, it with Lala Land. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, Gary Oldman's one of my favorite actors uh, working today. Yeah, you um, love him. Yeah, that, he's he's just awesome, and uh, I at least like enjoy like I can at least like watch David Fincher films and be like entertained. They're, they may not always be the best movies ever, like like some people say on on film Twitter, but uh, um, yeah, I mean. Like the Social Network's one of the best movies in the past decade for sure. It was in my top yeah. ten of the decade. Um, Dude, so. and the girl with the dragon tattoo is really good. That movie's really underrated. Good. Nobody talks it's about that. So underrated. No one ever talks about it. We were supposed to get a trilogy from it, and we didn't get it. And I was pissed. Yeah. That film is amazing. I think David Fincher, he's off and on for me. Um, I do really like Seven. Um, Zodiac is okay. Zodi- I think Zodiac's really good. Dude. I really like Zodiac, actually. Screenplay's a lot. like over 200 like, pages. The screenplay is? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> that, that's wild. But yeah, I mean, I really like that film. Um, I Of course, I love The Social Network. I have not seen Benjamin Button. But um, yeah, I, I really seven. Did you? See yeah, I said. Yeah, I said. I love seven. You like Fight Club? I gotta rewatch it. I didn't like it when I first saw it, but that was like eight years ago. Hmm. So I really need to rewatch it. But yeah, I I do love a lot of what Fincher puts out. So yeah. I feel like this will be a great film from him. Yeah, I mean, I have high hopes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> I don't know much about about it. Like, the trailer was like only like a minute long, and it very much had that. It looked like a a movie from the '30s as well. That was the that was yeah, the really interesting part. What what, uh, if, what about this? What about this? Uh, speaking of the Social Network, Aaron Sorkin said he would be down to make a sequel to that. Only if David Fincher would come back. See, so... Would you be uh, down for that? Because I would be. It would be interesting, but, like, I also saw comments, and I I can't say I disagree with them. Like, Andrew Garfield and Army Hammer wouldn't be in the movie then, like, those characters. Because they they don't really have a part part of it. They would need... Because that movie... What makes that movie really great is the other characters, I think, and the, the performances. Um, Jesse Eisenberg uh, was was like perfect for Mark Zuckerberg. So, like, obviously, like I would watch it, but I I don't think it would be nearly as good as the the uh, the first one. Um, but it's definitely like a interesting story. Like, it is. It's a wild story, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have I you, had, Sorry, go ahead. Did you did you see the uh the news we're kind of getting off topic a little bit but of the the movie that's going to talk about like the making of the Godfather, the first Godfather. Yeah, like, yeah, we we tweeted about that. Um Jake Gyllenhaal and Oscar Isaac yeah, Oscar Isaac's playing Francis Ford Coppola, and then 
I think they said Jake Gyllenhaal's playing Robert Evans. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. Now, then, I, I a lot of people took this as they're remaking The Godfather. No. They're not. But like, they they're are really not. They are, they are finding actors to play Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, all those, all those guys. Oh, so, wow. uh, who's directing? I, I'm, uh, I couldn't tell you. It, it doesn't matter because anything that James Hall is in, I I trust him. He yeah, I, he don't, I, he's, he's he doesn't miss. He, now Oscar Isaac has missed in the past, but he's such a good actor. So for him and Gyllenhaal to be in this, it does not worry me. And The Godfather is one of the one of my favorite movies. I think it's like one of the best movies ever made. So I'm I'm completely down for this. It's it's something that I really really want to see. Yeah, I'm more Wait. interested to see who would play Pacino than Brando. I feel like a lot of actors could probably play Brando, but or at least try to. But Pacino yeah, like does I, weird. P- Pacino like. I don't know. He has like a very distinct like voice and look. Like I don't know. But in in the in the seventies, he didn't he didn't have that scratchy voice, especially That's in the true. first two. That's in the true. first two. But I I don't know who they could get to play Pacino. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, know. They they uh, had my attention, but now they got my curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, for real, dude. I'm so pumped for this. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really, really good. I'm so yeah. excited. I wish they would touch on Apocalypse Now about Francis Ford Coppola because that that would be like a whole separate movie. Well, both <laughs> both both productions were were crazy, so they could honestly do really? one on that too. Yeah, because like the well, Godfather, I bet Marlon Brando was a pain in the ass. Yeah, because. So the story was, was first off, I don't think the writer of the Godfather book was a big fan of Coppola. And then also Marlon Brando had been in a few like box office bombs. So like the producers were not fans of, of having him in it, you know, as well as the fact that, you know, he was a, a, a very difficult to deal with on set. And then also um, Al Pacino, they had uh, kind of like some problems with him. Like he almost got fired. That's like the legend of, of Pacino is he almost got fired from the Godfather. Coppola had to like really fight for him to like wow. keep his job. Wow. That is, that is pretty interesting. I, I, I had no idea about that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, definitely, definitely can't wait for that. Definitely cannot wait for Mank. Um, I, I, I don't know if I, I might be, might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that Mank was like David Fincher's passion project. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. How, what's the runtime on this film? The runtime for, is for what? Oh. They're the also Mank. going to be playing oh, two hours and eleven minutes. They're also going to be playing Make uh, like late November uh, in theaters, select theaters. So, 
Oh, okay. If I if I can, I definitely want to see that in theaters first. Yeah, I would. I would want to see it in theaters as well. Because with with the David Fincher film, I feel like that's like I kick myself for not going to see The Social Network in theaters. Although I was pretty young when it came out. I think I was like 13, 13, 14. Um, I I regret not seeing it because I feel like it would be a really cool experience to see just a technical like master masterpiece that that film was. So I would really like to catch this in theaters if I can. Now, yeah. in Nebraska, numbers are starting to rise again for coronavirus. So don't know if I will go out and check this film out. But, are they really? I, I honestly didn't know. Yeah, they, they're they're kind of rising back up. Uh, UNMC, I think a lot of beds are getting filled now. And they're uh-huh. talking about maybe having like an outdoor hospital, which mm. wouldn't be good in the middle of winter. So, Yeah, especially in Nebraska. Winter, there is no fall. I saw a tweet the other day. Uh, Nebraska fall is such a lie uh, because Nebraska fall season is like 10 days goes from like yeah. summer to like straight to winter. Yeah, it's such bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. All right. Um, for you. You want to hear some uh, other bit of bullshit? What's that? So people were flipping out because Gal Gadot is playing Cleopatra in the new Cleopatra film. People were flipping out. I don't know anything about cleopatra i know nothing about her all i know is what i learned is when people were flipping out is uh that she was greek so that's all i know about her um i i gotta say i can't say i'm too interested in this film um i'm not sure who is directing it patty jenkins she did monster and uh the first Wonder Woman, and she's going to do Wonder um, Woman 1984. Okay, well, that probably takes me right out of it immediately. I didn't like – I could not get into Wonder Woman. I just couldn't do oh, it. Oh, really? Try. Yeah, I, kinda, I know. I actually kind of enjoyed it. It wasn't, like, obviously the best superhero movie ever, but I found it, like, at least, like, enjoyable. I like yeah, the maybe. World War One aspect. That was cool. That That's pretty cool. Um, but it just, I just couldn't really get into it, but, uh, this, this I, I'll, I'll for sure watch and we'll, we'll, we'll probably even review it on the pod, but I just know that received a ton of backlash on Twitter. So oh, many people. Cleopatra? Yeah. The Cleopatra yeah. film. So many right people working out. Right when I saw that news, I was like, Oh boy. Like in like 12 <laughs> hours, she's probably going to have to make an apology or something like that. You know how many Last Samurai comments there were? Were there really? Oh, my God. Dude, the people that say that, that just tells you they don't, they didn't watch the movie. No, the people who say that went into the film just pissed off, thinking, well, they're just whitewashing. Or they didn't see the movie, like, yeah, Yeah, for real. Yeah. It's, and by the uh, way, that drives me nuts. The samurai ha- has like multiple meanings. The last samurai, it doesn't mean Tom Cruise is the last samurai. It's about the last group of samurai. Well, yeah, samurai is plural in that sense. Yeah. Like it's it's so stupid. It's so stupid. And Anyone? that's such a great film. Oh my god, yeah. That's one of my favorite Tom Cruise roles. 
for sure. Yeah, he Speaking is of great. Tom Cruise, have you seen some of the like he was filming scenes on top of a train the other day? Yeah, Mission Impossible, man. It's it's getting good. It's now they're in, I, I'm so excited for some of these stunts. Now they're in Italy doing like car chases. Um, I'm assuming we're gonna get Tom Cruise running at some point in the movie because we always do. Oh yeah. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't we get that? We gotta yeah. get Tom Cruise running. Yeah, he loves to film himself running. Loves it. I definitely, I, I definitely wish that. Uh, that Henry Cavill uh, would have stayed on, though. Unfortunately, he uh, yeah yeah he got he got messed up <laughs> in <laughs> the end. Yeah, he did. got like a hook right in right in the mustache. Oh. well, uh, the most expensive mustache in movie history. <laughs> How much Seriously. was that again? How much was that, dude? They spent like I I don't know exactly. I'll look it up, but they spent like millions of dollars to try and remove it. And they couldn't even do that. Right. Um, so while you're doing that, I will talk about the new Borat trailer and we will talk about what. We oh yeah. About. So once you, once you tell me how much it is, we'll go ahead and get the Borat trailer. We've been okay. gone. So we've got a ton of movie news to catch up. Three on. million. Three, mi- three million dollars. <laughs> That's more than I've made in my entire lifetime. That's okay, so yeah, that'll be that'll be more money than I'll probably make in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah same. Same. <laughs> um Hey, but your your lawnmower and business is booming. Yeah, man. I need to Toluca uh, Toluca Lawn Care. Hit him up. Yeah. Hit me up. Hit me up for real. <laughs> the the um my mower recently broke, so now I'm waiting on a part right now for, for it to ship from Damn. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks, dude. All right, so but, Borat, Borat yeah, 2. Yeah, let's, let's get into Borat 2. Uh, I think this looks terrible. I think the trailer stinks. I, I, don't, I don't think this is going to be good, and I'm going to probably come down and watch it with you and Tom. Um, but he, I don't he's think dressing this up as good. He's dressing up as him for Halloween. Are you serious? What, is he going to do the the swimsuit thing? Uh, I don't think he's going to do that. <laughs> should do that. I'm going to a, co- a costume party. Shit, I should do that. Now he I'm going to look up do, for it. He he also wants to uh, have the facial hair that uh, Ryan Gosling has in The Nice Guys, which that would be a killer look. <laughs> that would be. Okay, I'm looking up Borat. Investigating the mermaids. Oh my god, I could be Dolly G. Did you ever watch Dolly G? Oh yeah, that yeah movie. that. Or is that a show? That was a show on HBO. I'm pretty sure. I've seen I've seen a lot of the clips. I, I've I've been down like a Sasha Baron Cohen like YouTube rabbit hole multiple times, watching like all his. Those are freaking hilarious. All all, all his acts. They're so funny, but Dude, all I'm seeing for the the Borat costume is literally that just that like that. giant green swimsuit that he wears that's like super tight on his ass. <laughs> I don't know if I could like if I should wear that or not. That would be freaking hilarious, though. 
definitely, it definitely start the conversation. That's for sure. Oh yeah, it definitely would. I have to say, I, watching the trailer, it it feels a little unnecessary to make this. However, I think that there will be certain scenes that will be hilarious. I still think, I don't know if he'll have it in there, but I still think it would have been hilarious had he like gone to like one of them, one of the protests in uh, in like June. He actually he did go to a protest. It was a pro gun rally, um, and apparently he like feared for his life. It was for it was for Borat too. So I'm excited for that. Um, I saw a clip of like people were videotaping like the Michael Pence speech and it was when he like he he bursted into the room and was like Michael Pence I have a woman for you yeah yeah i remember seeing that on meme pages too but i didn't think it was borat or anything i just he, he kind of sounds a little different and maybe he did that on purpose but he seems uh, like he has a deeper voice yeah than it, what he did in the original film it looks a little cheesy. I don't really get the idea of him having a daughter, but I, I think mean, I, I just hope that there's like at least a few good jokes. Um, I don't really care. Like, I mean, it's not going to be, I'm, I'm not expecting it to be like, like the first one. Cause the first one's one of the funniest comedies of all time. So. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I think Borat is the funniest movie I've, I've ever seen. Um, and I just feel like with this second one, it, it just totally feels like it just totally looks like a studio got a hold of this thing. And they, they just we're going to have you have a daughter and then you're going to go to. Well, the Michael Pence, the Mike Pence thing is pretty funny, but you're going to have a daughter and we're going to bring up about how you're already famous. I don't know. I just him also getting a disguise to. It just didn't feel he like probably had, he probably had to do that. So then people wouldn't like he did. recognize him so much. He did, but I don't know. It just, it just doesn't feel like Borat again. And yeah. and really what, what would though? See, like that's, that's why I think that this is sort of unnecessary because the success that Borat one got, what, what exactly what a Borat sequel be like to achieve that success because nobody knew who Borat was in 2004, but everybody knows who he is now in 2020. So I just, I don't know for me, I don't like the whole disguise, how people know him, but that kind of comes with the success and phenomenon that Borat one got, but I don't know. It's just going to be very hard for this movie to, please me i guess because this has such i have such high expectations for it after the first borat but mm-hmm. um we'll, we'll see when that day comes isn't it come out in november i thought i saw october 23rd which is like next friday or two fridays from now okay um, we need to review that on the, the day, pod for sure the day you were you're supposed to come down actually all right. Well, okay. Yep. October 23rd. All right. Then we will for sure be watching this. Oh, he's got a, instead of his swimsuit, he's wearing a, a mask for the crotch swimsuit thing. <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
yeah, I mean, I just hope that there's like just a few more new jokes that uh, of Borat, um, and I'm sure we'll get some. Um, I do, th- I still, I do still think that there's, I still have hope that the trailer. I'm hoping, like for me, like I think that a part of me hopes that like Sasha Baron Cohen helped or helped like hide a lot of the best jokes in the movie. Because I think one of the biggest problems comedies have nowadays is they show all their good jokes in the movie or in the trailer. Absolutely. And so you don't like, then why go see the movie when you already know what's going to be said? Yeah. I agree. um, Yeah. I mean, but I, I personally didn't laugh a lot at this trailer at all. So I, I hope that there yeah. are better jokes in this movie because I yeah. didn't find this trailer that interesting. But yeah. but do you want me to read you – I don't know if I've read the actual title before on the pod, but do you want me to read you the full title? Yeah, sure. Borat, subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Jesus Christ. All right, well, that's Borat, too. And we'll be, we'll review that with our Star Wars films that we will be also reviewing. All yes, right, sir. Sam, should we get into the movies that we saw? Yep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you pick a number between one or two, and that's going to determine which movie we – review first so go ahead and pick a number between one or two one okay you picked enola holmes we'll review enola holmes first all right right. so enola holmes is the latest film that dropped on netflix and it tells the story of when enola holmes sherlock holmes teen sister discovers her mother is missing she sets off to find her becoming a super sleuth in her own right as she outwits her famous brother and unravels a dangerous conspiracy around a mysterious young lord. Um, I actually had fun with this movie. Uh, I gave it an 80 out of 100. Uh, I thought it was a really good time. I think Millie Bobby Brown gives a really good performance. And um, why am I blanking on his name right now? We just said his name. Henry Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. He does great as well in this film. And um, I thought all the characters were really interesting and, and fun as well. And I, I had a pretty good time with this film. So, and um, I I wouldn't mind if they made a sequel to it. Um, Make a, oh a spinoff movie about Henry, Henry Cavill's character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They need a spinoff movie about Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So yeah. A, a Sherlock Holmes movie. Like <laughs> another one. But honestly, he was a good Sherlock Holmes. Like, I really liked him. He was good. He was really charismatic, I thought. Um, really, uh, really interesting. I I mean, I've said before on the pod, I think he's a really underrated, really good actor. Um, and it's good that he's finally cho- – he's I, – I feel like, especially since Superman, he's chosen his roles very wisely um, with Mission Impossible, The Witcher – um and and then this I, I was really surprised about this movie um i i gave it a 74 out of 100 a little bit lower but i i wouldn't say like like it, it's definitely watchable um for sure it's it's entertaining 
Um, like you said, Millie Bobby Brown, she does, I think her, I think it might be her best work, honestly. Um, I would probably agree with that. She's, um, again, much like Henry Cavill, really charismatic. Um, and they also, like, so we, we reviewed a movie a few weeks ago, uh, The Devil All the Time, that had very annoying narration. Um, and I thought it was unnecessary. I thought it worked for the most part in Enola Holmes. Sometimes it was a little too much. Uh, uh, yeah, like, that was my main takeaway. My main uh, a little too much like exposition and whatnot. Um, but I understand that you you need that because, I mean, no one, I don't think, has ever made a, a movie like that about, about Sherlock Holmes' sister. Um, and... and I think the danger about doing like a movie like this is it feels like really unnecessary. Like you could just, you know, create a different, you know, character. You don't need to make them related to Sherlock Holmes, you know, necessarily, but it, it, they made it work, I think really well, because I think it definitely could have been risky to, you know, make this about Sherlock Holmes's sister and then have Sherlock Holmes in the movie because you don't want, you know, the audience to, to uh, you know, like the side characters necessarily more than the main character. I think that's when you start seeing, like, problems in the movie. But they did a good enough job with, like, establishing her character first. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was really enjoyable. Sam Claflin, I think is his name, also does a really good job as the other brother playing kind of the, the asshole. Yeah, he's a dick. Yeah, he, he really is. It's like, damn, what the hell? Um, yeah. But, well, yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it's just an enjoyable movie. Um, uh, I don't really have, like, that many critiques except for, you know, there's a little bit, maybe too much exposition and it, it does start off a little slow, I think, but like it builds the adventure. Once the adventure starts for Enola, it, it keeps on building and building and building. Um, so that that's really when it when it starts getting good is when uh, she gets she starts uh, embarking on her her journey. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll, I'll go off a little bit what you said about the uh, exposition, the. Um, the the director of this directed a large portion of the show Fleabag on Amazon Prime. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. I, I saw one episode. I it was it was all right. Um, but in that show, the character turns to the camera and talks and basically gives her point of view on the situation that's mm-hmm. happening. So that's a large reason why this this character Enola Holmes does that in the, in the film. Um, I do like it uh, at times because it, it's pretty witty. It, it keeps the viewer engaged constantly and it kind of gives depth to the character. Um, there's a point to where it kind of does come off too much to where it's uh, basically exposition heavy. And that, that was my only takeaway um, but another thing that I really liked about this film is the way it's edited. It's very cleverly edited quickly and it just keeps you tuned in. And that's, that's what I really liked about it. I thought that 
I know we mentioned that that it was getting good reviews, but like like mystery type stuff from the early 1900s in Britain. I just have never been into Sherlock Holmes stuff like at all. So I still mm-hmm. thought that I wasn't going to like this and I watched it and it was pretty good and I had a good time. It's edited well, directed well, acted well, and it's it's just a fun movie. Um, I don't think it's the, the best of the year, but I gave it an 80 out of 100, and I thought the ending was pretty good as well. And I wouldn't mind if they made a trilogy out of this. I would watch it still. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, it is interesting, um, yeah, that they uh, that they were already like kind of thinking about doing a trilogy before movie came out so like i i I remember seeing the trailer and i was like this looks way too cheesy and it is you know some of the parts are a little cheesy but yeah it it works it works for for the film for sure yeah so um yeah i definitely think that there's some things um uh that they can build off uh from from the first one if they want to continue on with the story i think they they have uh compelling character um and yeah they they would probably need to keep that director on agreed um because i like the style that the director brings to it yeah the style the style is kind of what makes it interesting it can also make it sometimes distracting but again it it ends up working more often than not in the movie yeah and um I noticed he mentions uh, about Millie Bobby Brown. And I do think that this is her best work yet. And although I hadn't seen Godzilla King of Monsters, I know she's not, I mean, she's probably the best part of that movie, but I hear it's not that good of a movie at all. So um, I was very excited to see this because I'm really not liking Stranger Things at all anymore after those past two seasons that were just god awful. So I was excited to see what she can do here. And she brought it. She was great. And um, you mentioned Henry Cavill was good. And he's usually good in pretty much anything that he's in. So, um, yeah, I I can't say it enough. I thought this was a, a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so did, did, did you say that you want uh, Henry Cavill as the new James Bond? Well, I wouldn't mind him as the new Sherlock Holmes. Um, he would be a great James Bond too because he does a lot of like British type stuff, um, and I feel like that would be perfect for him. He would be, a, I think, a really good James Bond. I think Daniel Craig is a really great James Bond, even though he doesn't like being James. Bond. I don't think he likes being James Bond. If I'm right, Probably not anymore. No. I think yeah, he was still so, Casino Royale, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So I I I really do like Daniel Craig as James Bond, but I would not be mad if Henry Cavill came in because he would he would do a great job. But I also really would like to see him as Sherlock Holmes. And as I said, I've never been into Sherlock Holmes, but he made he made me want to see more Sherlock Holmes films with him in it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if they were able to put a an, a Sherlock Holmes film on the screen. Well, you know what's crazy is so that Superman movie that came out in like 06 with uh Brian Singer directing it. Yeah. Uh, Henry, Henry Cavill was almost Superman then 
And then really? he was the runner up uh, allegedly, or one of the, cl- one of the like top three candidates for James Bond. So wow, really, okay. Now he might have both. So that, that would be interesting. Yeah, he he is a really good. He is a really good Superman. Like Man of Steel is a is a really good film. I really enjoy Man of Steel. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I think people on Twitter need to chill out with the Zack Snyder stuff a little bit. Like, well, let's, calm, let's, calm, let's calm down here. We need to remember <laughs> what he, what movie, what what his last movie was. Now, I do think a lot of that was. Uh, Chris Terrio, the writer, um, who his latest masterpiece that he wrote was Rise of Skywalker. So, oh, yeah. So, um, I, I will say this, though. Zack Snyder movies are really, really entertaining for the most part, except for Batman v Superman. Um, oh, but there, there are parts, there are parts where I found it, that I found, like, entertaining. Um I, I especially like Watchmen. Watchmen was good, dude. I really do want to see Watchmen. Um, the show, the Watchmen show, is so good, so good. But I really want to see the movie as well. Christopher Nolan is pretty good friends with Zack Snyder, and he he told him when he was making uh, Man of Steel because Nolan was his uh, producer. Was he a producer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a producer, and. Um, I think he might have helped write it too. I'm not sure. I think um, wasn't John, didn't Jonathan Nolan write it, his brother? Yeah, I think they both like contributed a little bit. Um, but anyway, uh, like I saw in an interview, he he told Zack Snyder that he released uh, Watchmen too early. Um, he he said that like society movie movie viewers. We're not ready for that movie yet. I would agree. Um, because now you look at like the Watchmen TV show, it got great reviews. And the Watchmen did get good reviews, Zack Snyder's. Um, it's just, it's not nearly as popular because it was also like the first rated R superhero film as well. People don't really talk about that. that yeah. Fact. But it was. And if it, it if it even came out, I mean, it came out in not last decade, decade, but the de- decade previous. If this was just delayed by one decade, I mean, it would be talked about a lot. And, oh yeah. And that's that's where the Watchmen TV show comes in, and it is talked about a lot, and it's one of the highest regarded HBO shows. And I think it did it set a record for either most Emmy nominations or Emmy wins or something like that. It was something big that they did. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I definitely recommend the show. I do need to watch the movie. Yeah. But yeah, Henry sure. Henry Cavill, um, great actor. Love to see him as Sherlock Holmes. Would love to see him as James Bond. Keep him as Superman. How many franchises does he want to be in? My my goodness, like he, wants to be well, he was the man from Uncle too. Yeah, he was really good in that. Army Hammer, not so much. But, um, uh, yeah. And, and he's also like The Witcher. Like, that's a TV show, and that, that takes up time, too. That's an yeah. iconic video game character. So, and book character. They're books, too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh-huh. I want to read those books really badly. I just I want. I need to watch the show. I need to. Um, I wanted to complete The Witcher three before I pull, uh, watch the show, but I don't have time. College, college oh. happens. Yeah, college happens. Yeah. All right. So I give Enola Holmes an eighty. Sam gives it a seventy four. All right, Sam. Should we move on to the spookiest movie of of the year? Sure. All right. Hubie Halloween. Adam Sandler's new Halloween film, I guess. Halloween comedy, I guess you could say. Now, an interesting fact about Hubie Halloween is in an interview, um, when Uncut Gems was getting big, uh, Adam Sandler said if he doesn't win an Oscar, he will make the worst movie imaginable. And to my, I thought this movie was terrible. I, I thought it was awful, and I thought oh, none of the jokes landed. I thought it was really stupid. This is getting decent reviews, Sam. This has got a 53 on Metacritic. That's like one of his highest he's ever gotten. Yeah. I, I gave this movie a 6 out of 100. First, let, let me let me just – let's just talk about the – the, the plot synopsis. Despite his devotion to his hometown of Salem and its Halloween celebration, Hubie Dubois, Dubois is a figure of mockery for kids and adults alike. But this year, something is going to bump in the night, and it's up to Hubie to save Halloween. Okay, so I thought this was stupid. I hate Adam Sandler's annoying voice that he constantly does throughout the entirety of this film. I had to turn on subtitles because I didn't understand what he was saying in some scenes. Um, I think this is just, there is, there are so many SNL actors in here. The white male rage chick is in this film. Did you know that? Yeah. The one who sings white male rage. Ben was watching this with me. Ben, who is part of outlaw country podcast. Go check it out. It's on Apple podcasts and Spotify and iHeartRadio. But yeah, she so we were we were watching this me and Ben and we heard her annoying ass voice and we're like, "Oh, that's the White Male Rage lady." There there are a ton of uh, other uh SNL characters or SNL actors, Keenan Thompson, and there was one more. It was the one well, all those a lot of those comedians were at one point or another. That's true. On that's SNL. That is true, um, but it's well. It's a lot of them were the are ba- the baddest and all characters that I can't freaking stand. But and then, okay, do you just want to get into spoilers on this? Well, let me give my quick. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. So, not often does a movie come around where it's. Not often does the score 100 get brought up for a movie. (laughs) It will be, it will never be brought up with with this movie. Um, (laughs) It is, no, this movie is a masterpiece. Um, Every, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, this movie, I gave it a 15 out of 100. Um, I mean, there was like maybe one or two jokes where I was like, 
okay, that that's a little funny, but it was like just like Adam Sandler humor. Like it wasn't like you know, yeah. like laugh out loud funny. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the nice guys the other night when I watched it, um, but. I mean, there's really no plot to this movie. Like, I know you, like, said what the plot was, but, like, that wasn't, like, it was, that was just, like, their biggest guess on what the plot was. Okay, like, so, so, when, so, that brings you to, to a point. When Ben was watching this with me, so we noticed a couple of characters from, like, uh, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. Like, Adam Sandler's mom in this is... Well, oh, Ben Stiller's cameo. Ben Stiller's yeah. cameo is one of the best cameos ever. That was pretty good. I did like that. But uh, so, what's her name? June Squibb. She is in this movie as Adam Sandler's mom, and Ben jokingly goes, "He's like, he's like, I wonder." Or he said, "I wonder if they tried to get." Or no, I said it. I said, "I wonder if they tried to get um, Kathy Bates to come back to be to be his mom," and Ben goes. Yeah, you know, when they were probably pitching the idea to her, she probably said, okay, that's cool, but what's the plot? <laughs> and they probably were like, well, here's the thing. Uh, we don't have one for this movie because there isn't a plot for this movie. This movie, I just, I don't know. He's trying to save the town from what exactly? Like, half the shit that happens to these characters, like, some kid, like, flies away. And it ends up being his mom is the one kidnapping these people. He like flies away like Okay, well I'm explaining this really poorly. He the the this little Indian kid, he's in a he's this in a field. This isn't tenant Nolan, it's not it's not that complicated. Well, okay, well he's sitting in a field and all of a sudden he gets pulled into the corn like at top speed. So you're telling me this old woman is doing this? Like, yes, I understand this is a comedy. Yes, I understand the Adam Sandler movies shouldn't be this deep, but it's just, it's so stupid. It's just, I just really didn't like it at all. The last Adam Sandler movie I liked was okay. Besides uncut gems was the longest yard. And I even rewatched that a couple days ago and that's not even that good either. So I, I give this a six out of 100. Um, Ray Liotta's money from Goodfellas has completely run out. That's why he's in this film. Dude, what? Yeah, like, what the hell has happened to Ray Liotta? I, like, I, the the last good film he was in was like Place Beyond the Pines, and then he was in like Wild Hogs, and now he's in this shit. I mean, this, this is a dumpster fire. When I saw that, he should have just gave him the Oscar. When when I when I saw that is. when I saw Ray Liotta in the movie. I like got sad. I'm like, wow, your, yeah. your career is really, that, that's sad. That's like, that made me really sad for him. I'm like, you should not be, be in, in these movies. It is sad. It is sad because he's so good in Goodfellas. He's so good in the place on the pines and he doesn't need to be in a happy Madison production. Can we talk about the moment Rob Schneider showed up? in this film oh yeah okay yeah, I, was, you, I was like not really paying attention most of the movie okay well rob schneider shows i lost up. interest rob schneider shows up and 
I was like, oh, God damn it. Because Rob Schneider isn't funny. And I'm sorry to say. I don't think David you, Spade is funny. Okay, well, I think David Spade is funny, but I thought David Spade was going to be in, was going to be the the person who escaped the uh Yeah, I did too. I thought that was going to be David Spade, but it turned out to be Rob Schneider. And Rob Schneider is, isn't funny. So the moment he showed up, I was like, God damn, why is he in this? And he wasn't even around for hardly that long. He was to get Steve Buscemi back to the insane asylum. Okay, I know Steve Buscemi's like a friend of Adam Sandler's and he's been in a lot of his movies. He is also one that should never be in an Adam Sandler yeah. movie. I, I told Ben, I told, so when like good actors showed up in this movie, I go, Ben, that's Ray Liotta. He was in Goodfellas, one of the greatest movies of all time. And now he's in this. And then Steve Buscemi showed up. I said, Steve Buscemi in Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs in the Coen Brothers Fargo. And he's now showing up in this movie. What the hell's going on? Shaq, three-time NBA champion. He's in this movie. What the hell was that even? Why did he have a woman's voice? Dude, okay. Shaq is awesome. Stop hating. He is awesome. Shaq Stop is awesome. Hating. I love him. What is he doing in this movie? He should get nominated for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got snubbed out of Kazam as well. Wait, so who was more difficult to understand, uh, Adam Sandler in this or Tom Hardy uh, at, in the uh, in the Revenant? Adam Sandler in this? Because even though I had subtitles on, I was still like... Because Netflix subtitles doesn't always get everything, so I was still like, what exactly did he say there? Well, it was harder to understand Adam Sandler or the Tenant dialogue at the beginning. <laughs> Tenant dialogue, tenant dialogue, no doubt. Tenant dialogue at the beginning was bad, dude. I could not hear anything. Yeah. It was so bad. But, all right. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I think that this movie is obviously um, our generation's uh, Citizen Kane. Um, so, <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> No, the wrong Missy is this generation's citizen. Oh. That movie's so bad, dude. Honestly, that movie might be worse than than this. Oh, it, it is. It is. I have that. I have the wrong Missy at, as a, at a four out of one hundred. The wrong Missy is. So Honestly, bad. I I could put the no. There is only I one. I shouldn't say that. that Dave, I, will, I, I don't think zero. I, I don't think David Spade is isn't funny, but he hasn't been funny for a long time. I should say yeah. that. Well, the, there's what's only your one. Mo- what's your what's the worst movie of all time for you? Once Upon a Time in America. I hate that movie <sighs> with every with every bit of my body. I hate that movie. I hate it. It is four hours of nothing. Like in in the film, Robert De Niro rapes like three chicks in it, and then they just kind of joke about it throughout it. It it's it's so oh it's so bad. It's so and I, I I've never there's, finished there's it. Plot points, oh. There's plot points that come up that just don't make sense. It's just, hey. it's so bad. It's a zero out of one. It's it's the only movie that will ever get a zero out of one hundred for me. I haven't I haven't finished. I never finished it. Um, because it was too. God, long. I'm jealous of you. But uh, 
You didn't even enjoy Marconi's score. That's at least worth like ten points. No, I didn't. Enjoy Marconi's it. score is amazing, though, in that movie. All right, all right. You, I will give you mouth. that. I will you, give you. Okay. Watch your mouth. And Neil Marconi gets. I will. Uh, he shouldn't have been a part of this because this movie is awful. And yeah, but he's Mar- like best. Okay, but he was like best friends with Sergio Leone, so yeah, like, it, it makes sense. He was. And Sergio Leone has made one of my favorite films of all time, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. But with this, um, I'm just not even going to associate um, Neil Morricone with this film because I hate this film so much that I want to give it a 0 out of 100. But I don't want to give a Neil Morricone a 0 out of 100, so I'm not going to associate him with this film. It's, it is crazy that that, to some people, is like his masterpiece. Some people think that who thinks that Once Upon a Time in America is a masterpiece? Well, it has a super high rating on on IMDb. It has an 8.4 out of 10. I, just, I, I don't get that. I don't get it. It's the, And it is also a very depressing movie, too. Like, a child a, dies. Dude, there's the a lot of, hour. like, legitimate actors. Well, I mean, rightfully so. Like, James Woods, uh, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro. I forgot Joe Pesci's in this. Oh yeah, he is in it, isn't he? But, but like, it, even in the movie, some guy like runs into like a like a garbage uh, trash compactor or something. It's just bizarre, man. And I never want to see this. I I absolutely hate this movie. I will never watch it again. I wasted four goddamn hours on that movie. Four hours. Man, I didn't realize Sergio Leone died. He died pretty young. He was only 60. Really? Yeah, I think that was his last movie. Or no, it wasn't. King of Ads was... Oh, that was a documentary. Never mind. When, when, so that, that when was his last movie. Uh, 1989. So mm-hmm. he didn't make a movie from 1971 to 1984 when... That, so that means he had 13 years to to make that puppy. <laughs> He's one of those directors that like every one of his movies is like three and a half hours long at least. Yeah, like Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, he did not make that be ugly. He made, he directed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies. He directed seven movies. He's one of the best directors of all time. <laughs> That's... Like Tarantino has made more than that, and that he's the only one that's like probably made that few and has put that much of like a, a legacy. Because mm-hmm. like well, Tarantino man. gets his direct influence from Sergio Leone. Oh, big time! Big time! Big time! All right, so that's Hubie Halloween, and uh, me and Sam. I think it's safe to say we both didn't like it. I give it a 6 out of 100. Sam gives it a 15. Some people actually really like this film. I think it's just basically uh, nostalgia from Uncut Gems. Having Adam Sandler give an unbelievable performance. Uh, I can't stand bad comedy. It's a huge pet peeve of mine. I, I don't like slapstick that much. If it works, I don't mind it. But for the most part, I really don't like slapstick. So, oh my God, dude, I got to go to bed. So, that is our review of Hubie Halloween. All right, Sam, 
Should we get to the question? Yes, sir. I have right. a few. I have a few to say. Okay, so uh, I sent Sam uh, a tweet today, and it said, what movie makes you feel this? And it was someone getting uh, goosebumps on their arms. Um, so I will let Sam go ahead and give his list. I just had two that I know specifically gave me goosebumps. Okay. Actually, um, so all Tarantino one, movies. One. <laughs> yeah, there's... Yeah, I'll let you do the Tarantino ones. Um, probably the number one one is will always be the Batman Joker interrogation scene in The Dark Knight um, when uh, Heath Ledger laughs like a maniac after he literally gets punched in the face by Christian Bale. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's just crazy, and that whole well, that whole movie like gives you goosebumps and. And at the end, honestly, when uh, Gary Oldman does his epic monologue. Um, so definitely um, The Dark Knight. I mean, you could really say almost any Christopher Nolan ending uh, gives 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 you uh, goosebumps. Um, I would say another one, trying to think, another movie that gave me goosebumps is the ending of Prisoners. Oh um, yeah, you for, love that. For sure. Um honestly, anytime I hear any of Marconi's score in the good, the bad, and the ugly, I get goosebumps. Okay, yeah, okay, that would actually be my fourth. Um I don't and buy then I would probably say maybe not a, well, yeah, I'd probably say goosebumps just because like it, it is a little freaky. Oh, hereditary. Hereditary's ending. Oh. And and honestly, I know you're not a big fan of the movie, but Midsummer's ending. Give ah. it gives me a little bit of goosebumps. That but, that is a great ending. It's a great ending. Um, I cannot stand the first like two thirds of that film. Yeah. The, the the final ten minutes of Midsummer is really good though, I will say. Yeah. That is horrifying. But Hereditary, for sure. I mean, yeah, that ending. Um, but then the last one, uh, Jack Nicholson. Um, I'm not going to hit you. I'm just going to bash your brain, brains in. Yeah. Uh, scene, the legendary scene. And it's crazy because um, he wasn't blinking in that scene. So. I have no idea how he did that either. Well, same. same you could also say it with uh, Willem Dafoe when he does the, the lighthouse. Curse. Yeah. That, is he giving a curse on Robert Pattinson? I think so. I thought that's why I saw on Instagram. Was oh, that's that's what he was doing. He was like cursing him, basically. Yeah, well, he's he's, he's scary in that movie. He's freaky, dude. He's so freaky. <laughs> All right. So the three goosebump moments for me. What? I'm just thinking of uh uh of something I saw on Twitter about, I think you sent me in a while ago about Will Defoe. I think I know what you're talking. We won't mention it on the pod because it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, um, all right. I'm gonna get my train of thought back. 
So my three Goosebumps moments, they're all from Tarantino movies. One, the first one is when Dr. King Schultz shoots Calvin Candy and it makes Django go on like a freaking shooting spree in the candy home. That's awesome. As well as his like final monologue where he just blows everyone away and then blows up the house. Um, in Inglorious Bastards, when they murder Hitler and then kill all the Nazis in the theater and then blow up the theater. You can see kind of a theme there that I like. And then finally, the at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when, the, specifically when Brandy attacks uh, the Manson kids. That was so awesome. It was so freaking cool. And um, I also did, I laughed my ass off when Brad Pitt is mercilessly just bashing that girl's head in to the fireplace. Oh yeah. I'm in Hollywood. Those three moments um, all gave me goosebumps. I was like, this is freaking awesome. As well as the um, flamethrower in once upon a time in Hollywood. That was pretty sweet too. Yeah. Yeah. All, all good choices. I agree. Yeah. All right. I think that was, uh, would I do it for you, Sam? Yeah. Um, I don't really have much, much else to say. Ready to, to move on. And, uh, we're on to, uh, we're on to the prequels. Hell yeah. We got a little bit longer podcast today. I'm, I'm kind of digging it. Yes, sir. We'll have a pretty long podcast of these next three Star Wars films. Yeah. We'll probably have to make the news, um, Go a little shorter because oh yeah, have lots to talk about. All right, well, that will do it for episode eight. Um, Inglorious podcasters um, for myself and Sam Alessandro. We will see you next time. See you. Ah, uh, we can't end it now. You didn't say Arrivederci. Arrivederci. There you go. All right, wait, wait. wait. Now we got to redo it. We got to redo it. Alright, for this is that'll do it for episode eight of Inglorious Podcasters for myself and Sam Alessandro. We will see you guys next time. Revederci.